my friends, and welcome to the Experience Our Industry podcast. I am Dr. Brian Greenwood, and I am super excited to be here today with a a very special former student of mine. Uh, He reminded me earlier today that um, uh, 15 years ago, he started his journey at Cal Poly at the exact same time that I was starting my journey at Cal Poly. So 2010 graduate of our program, John Romley. Hey, John. Right on. How are you, Brian? Thank you for having me. I'm doing great, man. It's so good to see you and so Thank good you. to catch up. Um, John is uh, a realtor um, uh, for Monterey Coast Realty, and he is an award-winning realtor um, in a special, special part of of, uh, of the United States, uh, the Monterey Coast. I mean, just a beautiful, beautiful spot. And uh, as John knows, I've become a golf nut, and so, you know... Uh, golf nuts and Monterey go hand in hand. And uh, we're going to talk a little bit about John's experience, but uh, he has some golf in his background. So uh, that'll be fun to talk about. Yes, sir. Um, yeah, for sure. And um, so so let's uh, let, let's go back in time. And I know going back in time will probably take us to where you are right now, too. Um, but uh, where were you? Where are you from? Yeah, um, I grew up born and raised third generation bakersfield bakersfield california so oh. from the streets of bakersfield little uh buck owens dwight yokum play there right on well that's funny because i actually thought you grew up in monterey <laughs> well it, it it definitely feels like home and uh i mean we've we've been here now i've been here since um the beginning of 2011 right. um so we're you know we're 10 plus years and uh raising our little guy logan here so he's um 16 months old now soon to be 17 months and uh it's been awesome but but home is home is bakersfield right on and so you're enjoying this podcast so that you don't have to chase logan around because i imagine he's uh (laughs) i imagine he's motoring around now huh well i uh strategically plan this for two because it's nap time nap time right (laughs) okay well i'll try not to talk too loud you know greenwood you gotta be careful with greenwood and uh and noise (laughs) yeah keep it keep it low (laughs) yeah right right so growing up in bakersfield what did you what did your folks do uh so my dad was a high school special education counselor um and was also a high school varsity football coach um so he had a career of 37 years and uh he was just he was amazing at both you know it's it's both ends of the spectrum it's a lot of patience uh-huh. um it's the relationships that he created with all the faculty over the years and uh it was it was really special to to uh see him you know go go through that that profession um yeah. he definitely definitely gave me a big piece of his work ethic and uh his empathy and, uh, really special. Um, and, and my mom was a preschool teacher. Um, yeah. So as I was growing up, I actually went to the preschool and after school program that she was teaching at. Awesome. What a couple of gems there. I mean, um, I, uh, I don't know if I've ever told you this, but I did a, I did a two week stretch, um, in special education as a substitute when I was also coaching high school football. And, um, and I swore after that two week stretch, uh, I was, um, 
it was the most exhausting and rewarding experience of my life. You know, I mean, in two weeks, the, the, the attachment that you grow just in just two weeks to the kids that, that you're working with. Um, but you know, you, you're giving them your all, like all, you know, you, you, you have to. And, um, and it was just, uh, it was just such a, I, I just gained this amazing, um, uh, respect for, for people who work in, in special education circles. And, um, and, you know, as being a former ball, ball coach, I, uh, of <laughs> course have a affinity for, for football coaches, of course. So, uh, what a great mix for your dad and, and wow, preschool, preschool, it takes a special person to be a preschool, uh, education as well. So that is awesome. I love that mix. Now, now I see why, uh, why you're such a great guy and, uh, that's, that's awesome for sure. What about siblings? Do you have any, any brothers or sisters? Yeah, I was going to say, you know, to your point, my, my parents are bur- burning both ends at work and then come home and take care of me and my sister who's, uh, she's four and a half years older than me. Yeah. Um, she's currently living in Salt Lake city, Utah. Oh, right on. Yeah. And my uh, brother-in-law is a professor of anthropology at the University of Utah. No way. Well, then, you know, there's the connection with with Jerusha. You know, you know, Jerusha grew up in Salt Lake City or or spent her formative years there and and uh, and went to the University of Utah. That is really awesome. I love it. Do they like. uh, Yeah. Do they like do they like Salt Lake? They're all about it. Yeah, Yeah. they're all in. um, he got tenured a few years back and uh, it's just become an amazing home for them. You know, going, going to the farmer's markets on the weekend and, yeah. um, you know, having, having the seasons and mm-hmm. getting a little snowfall and going up to park city. And yeah, it's just, it's a special place. Yeah. It's sure. a beautiful place. I'm sure you love visiting there. That's awesome. That's cool. Yeah, Good to absolutely. see, good to see sis for sure. So, um, Tell me what you were like growing up, John. I imagine now with a with a, a ball coach as a dad, I imagine you were into sports. But was it sports or arts or drama or what? It was uh, it was definitely all the sports. So you you nailed that one on the head. Um, you know, it, we grew up in a cul-de-sac, which was really really neat because our street essentially became headquarters. Uh, wiffle ball games, roller hockey. Uh, we had a we had a pool in the backyard, so cannonball competitions. I mean, ping pong, what whatever. I mean, anything and everything was going on. And then, um, of course, the top two were baseball and golf, which you know we'll we'll circle back around to for the professional side of things. Right. Um, but it was it was tons of sports, as as you guessed. Um, I also grew up playing saxophone, so I was I did some uh, jazz band in junior high and marching band. Right. Um, yeah. And was, was big in academics too. You know, I, I think that obviously came from having teachers as, or sorry, parents as educators slash teachers and, uh, just creating that, like I said, that work ethic. So, right. Um, yeah, it was, you know, get your stuff done at school and go have some fun when you get home. I love it. It was lots of fun. I love it. That's so awesome. So yeah. for Halloween, what did you what did you dress up as? What what did you what what did you always want to be when you grew grew up? <laughs> and I I knew I wanted to work in sports. I didn't know what it looked like. Right. Um, you know, and, and we'll get to that too with, with just our major and and the 
all the the roads that you can take, which is just endless. I mean, yeah. you got R major, which is the trunk of the tree, and it's just like branches forever, really. I yeah. Mean, yeah. Here I am, sure. uh, you know, to date being a realtor, but there was there was quite a path to get here too. Yeah, um, of course. And um, it was, yeah, I think I think it was I think it was to be in uh either baseball or golf because those were my top two. <laughs> Right, right. Well, you certainly live that dream, and we'll yeah. we'll talk we'll talk about that in a few minutes. But uh, let, let's talk about those um those Cal Poly years. You know, you um uh, obviously with with growing up in in the valley, um, uh, San Luis Obispo is is a destination uh, for for those who who grow up in Bakersfield or Fresno, and um, we have a, obviously a a pipeline from there. It seems like on the weekends. Did did you did you travel uh to slow is is that where where was the connection to cal poly yeah um really good question and the the threads i mean it's like it's like an onion i mean it's just layers on layers so um my grandparents retired from bakersfield to cambria oh, so about right 30 on. minutes away yeah so I that love became, cambria. yeah that became a very um integral piece of me choosing cal poly mm-hmm. uh, i and then on top of that uh, was all the layers of family. So my sister, who I talked about earlier, met her now husband, Brian, at Cal Poly. No way. Also, also spelled B-R-I-A-N. Awesome. An, an yeah. I. I love it. <laughs> and I, yeah. And uh, my mom went to Cal Poly. Nice. Um, my brother-in-law, Brian's mom, went to Cal Poly. My aunt and uncle went to Poly. And I met my wife, Teresa uh summer of 2009 at poly wow <laughs> wow dude that is so, that is definitely a deep onion i love it yeah that, so is, sure. that is so much fun so so naturally of course with with your with your dad in in, in football i mean mm-hmm. recreation parks and tourism probably wasn't a very hard sell um there for for him i wouldn't think um how did you how did you find the major though did you is there a story behind that um is there something you know that you were doing obviously you said sports was 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 a sport piece that drew you or was it something else um initially i thought the draw was going to be probably more to go towards like a a standard business major you know or, or maybe some sort of ag business uh just because being born and raised in that area, that was kind of the major that you heard most commonly, I would say, whether it was ag business or ag science or ag communications, um, something related around ag. And I was in FFA in high school too. Nice. You know, so yeah. it, it, it was definitely um, circling in my mind. And then through some research for our PTA, which is what our major was at the time, yeah, I learned about the sport management concentration, right. which was that's that's you. I mean, that key component um, happened right as I started, like you said at the beginning, right as you started. Right, right. And you'll you'll probably you'll probably uh, you've probably never heard this story, but you'll you'll like this story. Like when um, yeah. so uh, when uh, w- when Dr. Hendricks was was recruiting me um, and, and Jerusha to to Cal Poly, you know. He, um, I, when I first got there, he, he said, um, he showed me, uh, the curriculum for sport management and 
there were no RPTA courses. You know, it was just, well, well, it was the one. It was RPTA 260, which yeah. was recreational sport programming, right? Mm-hmm. And, and that's traditionally a recreation, uh, you know, uh, class. And and he, he showed me the curriculum and I said, that's not sport management. And he goes, yeah, I know. That's why we hired you. <laughs> Welcome to the team. So, you know, so those first few years were were a little rough trying to like explain to students like, yeah, you know, we're working on sport management. It's a yeah. work in progress, right? Yeah, we're learning but, uh, together. Yeah, exactly, exactly. But uh, but you made the best of it for sure. And um, let's talk about um your your time at Cal Poly, you know, other than meeting your, your now wife and, uh, (laughs) mother of your, your, your son, uh, let's, uh, let's talk about, uh, those experiences that you had, you know, our, our, our current students in particular like to hear about, you know, what you did, what, what stood out maybe in terms of, um, an experience or, or whether it be work or volunteer or, you know, something that you did that was a, a really um, impactful experience for you in, in moving forward towards a career. Was there something that stood out? I, I would say that uh, within our major courses, um, what I found out really quickly is that as much of an umbrella as our major was, that we had so many different skill sets and strengths um, coming to the table which was really special to be able to take classes with, um, you know, alumni that today are wedding planners or event planners for whole cities or counties, or, um, you know, they're they're looking at our major in such a different light, you know, than, um, than maybe I was going in with the sport management side of things or wanting to be in the sports industry and the group projects that's what stood out to me in particular when, when I was uh, reminiscing on this question is that um, I remember in a lot of the coursework, you know, when you're in three, five person groups, um, seeing and understanding personality types and learning how to delegate with one another and allowing people to run with their strengths. And, uh, you know, now that we're coming hopefully fingers crossed out of the pandemic to have a chance for some more face-to-face interaction. And we're all getting really good at this virtual thing. I know, but there's no substitute for in-person activities and the group work to me was so influential because it made me comfortable. um, Really just understanding how vast and broad our industry was. And it got me even more excited about, the things and the angles that you could take, you know, from you come in with the idea of I'm going to take this path. And by the time you graduate in our major, after an internship or two, it's who knows, you know, it's, it's really special. Yeah. Sky's the limit. Yeah. I, um, you know, I, I don't even, I don't know whether you even know this or not, but, uh, um, along with Dr. Schwab, who is, is in our, one of our faculty, um, we published a book on learn by doing in 2017 and, um, and, and we did a lot of research on it. And one of the things that we learned was that, um, uh, employers 
say that Cal Poly students um, are much better at working in teams. They they mm-hmm. they they feel like that that we really are giving those that that is part of learn by doing right that group work. Yeah. And, um, you know, sure. it gets tiring sometimes, but it's uh, trying to connect with people, and and sometimes people don't pull their weight or whatever. Yeah. But that's that's the real world. That's the way real that's life. the way the working world works too, you know. And that's uh, right. and so uh, yeah, I, I've had students from time to time like they'll uh, they'll say yeah uh, yeah I don't do group work. I'm not gonna. I had a student recently who told me that, and I'm like um. I'm sorry, you don't have an option. Yeah, <laughs> that's like yeah. this wasn't yes, a question. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm not really, I'm not really jiving with my group. I'm like, oh, okay, well, work that out. <laughs> yeah, that's part. Of, that's part of the project. That's part of the problem. Exactly, exactly. So, so our, our current students also really love to hear about the process of um of securing and um and and doing your internship. Um, so do you uh. Uh, do you, if you don't mind, tell us, uh, tell us a little bit about that story. Yeah. So, um, my first job in high school was working at the minor league baseball stadium in Bakersfield. And that was the single a, uh, you know, the, the single a at the time, I want to say it was for the Texas Rangers. Okay. And they, and they've had, they've had a, the, the, the a leagues kind of switch around a little bit with, with who they're, um, parent team is but at the time it was the rangers and i you know i grew up going to the games we went to a ton of games um just a really fun thing to do with dad or take our you know take a group of friends or whatever it may be and um we get to a sophomore year of high school and i had some time over the summer and uh the first thought was i'm gonna you know I, i would love to work here if it's an opportunity uh, come to find out, I was able to join the grounds crew, so I got into groundskeeping. Right on. And yeah, just kept adding to my responsibility list. So all of a sudden, I was yeah um, doing really the full spectrum of the field. You know, the the turf grass management side of things. Right. Um, doing things in the infield, um, taking care of the maintenance, the landscaping, all that kind of stuff. Did you take I, turf grass management at Cal Poly? I never, I didn't do that. Oh, okay. I, I wasn't sure. I whether got we, turf. We, we used to have it in the, uh, in the concentration, but it's not in it anymore, but it used to be. Gotcha. Okay. You got, um, you got the, uh, your, your own hands-on experience, hands-on. turf grass, yeah. right? <laughs> so, um, you know, I, I started going down a path with that, which definitely led me in a way also to the major I chose, which was right. sport management. Right. Um, but I, I head back to high school and talk about that because I, I held on to that job um, all the way through senior year of high school. Uh-huh. And in 2005, um, we were named field of the year for all of single A baseball across the no country. Way. That's yeah. awesome. So that also gave me this, um, you know, this, this deep feeling of pride. Like, you yeah. know, we, we did it. We, we stood out. We put together a heck of a product. Um, again, worked as a team and I stayed in touch, uh, with my supervisor and he ended up working his way through the ranks too. Um, so freshman year of Cal Poly that summer, totally unofficial internship, but I said, I'm just going to take the summer and go join him down in Lake Elsinore, which is down by San Diego. Yeah. So I went and worked for that team for the summer, the Lake Elsinore storm. 
And then um, when it reached time for my internship senior year, I he was up at uh, AAA with the Sacramento Rivercats. And that's that's where I headed to. Nice. I love so, it. What a great story and yeah. and a great testament to, to make, making sure you keep those connections. You know, I mean, sure. um, it's a I know I know there's a tendency that when you have one job to just go from job to job and, you know, leave those people behind. But staying staying connected like that is such a valuable thing. And wow, what a great story. I love that. Um, so let, let's, uh, let's fast forward a little bit, um, to your, um, what originally, uh, drove you towards Monterey? Is there a story behind that or toward, towards the Monterey area? There is. Yeah. So, um, I, I stayed on with my internship about six months after and kept it going and, and picked up a more of a supervisor role. Um, also picked up a segment of, was working for the river cats, but also they were developing a business outside of the stadium. That was to basically, you have the on field product of this professional playing field. Right. And they wanted to basically utilize that model and share that it could be duplicated at a college or a local high school um, for their football field or their baseball field, whatever it may be. Right. Um, so we, I basically ended up having the opportunity to go out and uh, get to know businesses throughout the city and school districts and things like that. And I did that for about six months. And in the back of my head, I was always thinking about golf, (laughs) you know, and, uh, and baseball is a huge passion too. Um, But there was always this, this playing of, is there something that we had? I want to say he came at least a few times, but I'm not sure if he's still on the advisory board, but Tim Ryan yep. is at Pebble Beach Company. Yep. And he came a few times to give presentations in our classes. And he left these little morsels for me, you know, subconsciously of right what was going on down there and the quality and the... um obviously the beauty and the excitement of being at world-class resort. Um, and little did I know all of that was, was in me. I just didn't necessarily know when it was going to click in. Right. And, uh, it all clicked in beginning of 2011. I was fortunate enough to get a lead to become a professional caddy at the resort. Yeah, I uh, went, went through all the certifications and um, I was going to say, yeah. is there a certificate? There has to be a certification <laughs> process, right? Yeah. So I, I went through the training. Um, if if you were already a, you know, an elementary or novice golfer, it'd be more along the lines of things of etiquette and understanding, you know, where to be in certain situations and right. making making sure that, uh, you know, the guest is well taken care of and basically learning the courses in the resort. And, and after that point, it's really about developing your style and your technique and learning the history of the area and the courses and all the, all the legends that have walked the same grounds as you and the AT&T pro-am that's every year and, you know, us opens and us amateurs and the list goes on and on. Um, Yeah. So it's, 
Yeah. <laughs> well, so so yeah, for those for the for those who aren't golf junkies like you and me, um, <laughs> I, I imagine I'll, uh, imagine some people just think what like oh he was just a caddy, but like yeah 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 just a caddy at one of the most uh, prestigious famous uh, golf courses in the world. I mean, I I, I I think you have to say top five um, in the world. I mean, the, for those who don't know, Pebble, Pebble Beach is, you know, around $500 around. Um, and I don't think you can just play. Don't you also have to stay at the resort, John? I think there's, there's something along those lines. And yes. And so, um, so I imagine it just really blossomed your knowledge of the area and helped to boost you financially. I would think like all, <laughs> all of those things, right? It, it, it definitely did both of those. Um, what it also did for me very quickly. And I just want to share, share a quote from Pebble beach company, because this is their, this is their goal with every guest. Yeah. And I think it hammers home not only our, our major as a whole, um, but also the, you know, the, the experience industry management. Yep. And it is to exceed the expectations of every guest by providing a once in a lifetime experience every time. Love it. And that just struck a chord for me when I first heard it, that, yep. that was right when I was getting started. Um, it allowed me to it, it just, it clicked very early on that I have the ability to be part of people's memories and their experiences at a very special place in the world. Mm-hmm. And whether it's the bucket list trip, whether it's the father son trip for the, the annual events or the husband wife or, you know, the group outing, um, my ability to make sure they're having the time of their life and you know building relationships through doing that mm-hmm. just became so fun for me um yeah. and it's relationships i still have to this day yeah that i'll have for life um you know being there for people's hole in ones or yeah I mean, just amazing thing you know proposals on the course you know right. really neat things like that um my wife Teresa and i and this is through through caddying um and i ended up meeting a couple from tokyo japan and this was back in 2013 so i'd been doing it about two years uh-huh. and they show up and they and i i meet them at 3 30 so it's at the very end of the day and uh i'm i'm there i'm put on their job i i'm their request and and uh we go out and have a great time at to find out they're staying for five days and playing two rounds a day. So I'm their guy. Oh, for the no week. way. Yeah. <laughs> and they are just all about it, you know, fully bilingual, wanting to learn about the area first time there. And at dinner on the last day, they say to Teresa and I, we would love to host you in Japan. No way. So they brought, they brought us out. We stayed for two weeks. We went to Tokyo and Kyoto, oh stayed in central Tokyo, you know, and I've had multiple trips like that where I'm sure again, again, to back to your point, it, it's so much more than just caddying. It's yeah. building the relationship and connecting with people on a such, such a deeper level. 
I love it. I love it. Well, you you know I'm a golf junkie, so I could uh, <laughs> I could sit here and just ask you to tell yeah, you get I you know. to tell me story after story. We'll we'll do that on the golf course sometime. But um, okay. yeah, it's just um, I, I just um, I'm so in awe of of um in th- just thinking about what that experience for um you know over eight years must have been like and um and you know i I wasn't a golfer back then you know or i i probably would have uh reached out and said hey how about caddying for me uh at like a um fifty dollar (laughs) um monterey course Um, but uh but um john what was the transition like from 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 going to uh to becoming a realtor uh, I would say the best way to say it is that it was quite the trust fall. Um, and, and I'll, I'll lead into that by, that'll be my lead. And here's the story behind that. There was a client that was a regular in my, in my caddying days that, uh, his name was, his name was Dick Stebbins and he's been an agent on the Monterey Peninsula for over 40 years. And, uh, he asked a very simple question. He said, have you ever given any thought to real estate? And the answer was no, um, right out of the gate, just didn't, didn't necessarily put myself in that, that role or that light. And he said, I think your personality and demeanor would be a perfect fit. So maybe you should look into it and, uh, you know, scratch my head a little bit and said, Hmm, very interesting. Uh, started doing some research online, started to get an understanding of what it takes to get the license and, you know, get all the coursework going and it's all self-directed. So I was able to do it while I was caddying full-time. So I was basically doing two jobs at once. Um, and I just dove in, I got all the courses taken care of, um, passed my, passed my license and, uh, 2015 was, was game on. That's when I got started. Um, you know, it was, it's a very, it was a very unique moment where someone in front of me believed in me more than I believed in myself. And I've had, I think we've all had moments like that where, you know, we, we need to trust the mentors and the leadership in front of us and just trust the process and and go for it. And that was step one of it was just getting started. And then step two um, was signing on with the right brokerage and uh actually ended up meeting the broker who i'm still with so i've been with them the whole way through has become an amazing mentor we have focus group meetings every month to stay up to date and you know the the industry issues and staying on the pulse and all that and uh you know i i trusted the people around me that's that's really what it came down to I love it. So let let's talk about that transferability of skills, right? Yes. You know, I mean, sure. um, you you alluded to it a little bit, um, obviously with with caddying and 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 with your reflection on on the co creation of experiences there with caddying. But I I imagine that the skills that 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 we've talked about and that and that you get in in a major a management major like RPTA, mm-hmm. um, I imagine they would they would apply. I I feel like they applied almost any um, career path that you go down um, 
but I don't want to be the one saying that. I, I, uh, cause you know, I I'm doing, uh, I, I I'm a little biased. Uh, what's, what's your take on that? Do you feel like you're bringing skills to the table in, um, in the, the realty world that, that are, that are helping you? hundred percent. Undoubtedly. There are so many things that we learn through our coursework, um, through the project or the group project work, like I discussed earlier, um, whether it's conflict resolution or being adaptable, um, having proactive communication, you know, making sure when you're reaching out with someone or, or connecting with whether it's a tradesperson or your clients or the other agents or the title company or the lender that, uh, you have a you have a path, you have a timeline in mind, and getting everyone together on the same page, again, back to the to the group group kind of projects and work. I mean, it's it's finding a way to know and trust that you're all on the same team. And uh, it it can be tricky some days. you know there's there's definitely no uh, straightforward day in real estate, and it it takes a lot of flexibility. But it's it's so much fun, you know, and, and that challenge and the reward of, of being there for your clients and, um, you know, getting getting them what they're hoping to get and and looking to get is is just extremely rewarding. Right on. Well, you know, I um I went for when we were when we were back in our, our condo. Um, I, I went for a couple of years where I was I was hoping to buy a house and. And, um, and so I, I started, you know, following listings and, and getting into, to, you know, following listings and, and we ended up just having this realtor who I, I just, I just love, she's just amazing. And, um, and, yeah. uh, you know, when I, so when I saw, um, th- this was right around the time where, where, when, when you got into realty and I saw that, that you had become a realtor. And, and I remember thinking to myself, that is a really good path for John. John is a genuine, he's a genuine guy, but he's also, he's, he's a hardworking guy. He's a guy who cares about people. He's super good with communication. Like I, I was just thinking to myself, like all the qualities that I was seeing in our realtor, Carrie, I, I was thinking to myself, yeah, John's got all, all of those skills and I'm, I'm sure he's going to be you. great. And um, so, yeah, I just have the utmost respect and, and, and uh, you know, I, I think, uh, um, I don't think I would be very good at it, but I love I disagree. people who are good at it. <laughs> I love people who are good at it. I mean, you know, yeah. so, uh, and, and, you know, I, I think, um, I also think, um, what's the, what's the, the HGTV has probably oh, yeah. done wonders for you, uh, for the, for the field as well, in terms of like, upping people's uh knowledge and and respect but uh but maybe also uh uh upping the bar for you in terms of, uh, of totally. production value right <laughs> oh man they're every everyone's willing to do a little diy project now right and uh you know they make it look much easier on right. hgtv than it actually is and right um yeah those shows have have tremendously increased the I would say the interest, the understanding, mm-hmm. the excitement, you know, for finding a, a property that mm-hmm. maybe does need a little TLC to bring it up mm-hmm. to speed and people get the excitement and, and joy of creating it, creating it to be their own over time. 
Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and, and it also, it's, I think it's re-sparked this, uh, especially with the pandemic too, that we've been at home more mm-hmm. is, is people's pride of ownership in their homes Yeah, and, uh, and how much, how much care, you know, they're, they're putting into their properties. And, uh, it's, it's, re- it's a really neat industry to be in right now. Yeah. Um, because, you know, especially on, on the Monterey Peninsula here, yeah. you're just seeing some very unique, uh, properties and it, it, it definitely makes every day quite interesting. I bet. I bet. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was just thinking as you were talking, you know, uh, earlier the, the, the problem solving, I would imagine, and, and, and no day being, be, being the same, I would imagine would be a pretty exciting thing. Um, now, you know, I'm sure it can be pretty exhausting and pretty, <laughs> oh, yeah. and pretty, pretty aggravating at times too, sure. but, but that, that, you know, you're not, it's not like you're going to assembly line every day where you're doing the, the same thing over and over again. You're putting out new fires, you're meeting new people, you're doing all kind con- seeing new houses, seeing new properties. I imagine, I imagine there's a great deal of excitement associated with that. Absolutely. And it's, um, you know, it, I, I think for me, the, the chance to create the relationships, just circling yeah. back to that, whether it's the, you know, the, um, the tradespeople or my colleagues or agents at other brokerages, you, you start to realize, you know, that we're all in this together. It's, mm-hmm. it's a full on community of us trying to have the highest of ethics, the highest of professionalism. Mm-hmm. you know, taking the best care that we can of our clients and also giving back to the community. Yeah. You know, when, when I succeed or when anyone at my, you know, anyone, my colleagues or agents at other brokers just succeed the ability to give back to the community, um, you know, and, and share your gratitude has been something that's been really fun for me too. Yeah, you know, if you don't mind, I'd love for us to end on that note, John, because I, I know you have been um, extraordinarily active in your community. You know, you've got uh, you won. Um, what was it in 2019? You won the uh, the Man of the Year for the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society, and I remember I remember congratulating you on that, and I just want to congratulate you again on it. Um, you. you know, I, I know you've been super involved in the community. Um, can you talk a little bit about what that means and being connected to a community? You know, our, um, you know, obviously our current students um, gain a little bit of connection with with slow, obviously, while they're here in school. Um, but whatever community you live in, that connection to the community is so vital. Can you reflect on that a little bit? For sure. Um the the way that the leukemia lymphoma society came about was in 2018 uh, one of my friends ran for the same campaign and he took me out to lunch and uh shared shared a little bit about the campaign fundraiser he was going through and uh was really excited for him i it was way out of his comfort zone and i was so happy that he was doing it because it gave him a chance to talk to a lot of people around him about a topic that we don't talk about too much, which is, you know, the, the impacts of leukemia, lymphoma in our lives and the, the loved ones around us that it affects. 
And uh, after lunch with him, I I said, well, I'm, I'm going to be a good guy. I'm going to go home and donate 50 bucks and, you know, we'll, we'll call it a day. And I kind of tapped myself on the back and then I thought, wait a second, I can do a lot more than that. So I had him, I had Adam, uh, Adam Broach is his name, come in and give a presentation to my office, my real estate office. And by the end of his presentation, there were two fully booked tables for the grand finale. There was two agents that were tossing in their, some vacation rentals for his auction. Um, and it hit me right there that with, with just the people around me who are more than, more than willing to give and, you know, do something that's going to create an amazing impact. I might be able to do quite a bit myself too. If I can, if I can just put my mind to it. Um, Adam went on to win, which is a cherry on top to the whole thing, because the reality with the whole campaign is everybody wins, you know, the, all the competitors are raising an unbelievable amount of money in 10 weeks, which is how long the campaign is. Um, so fast forward a couple months after that, Adam takes me out for a congratulatory lunch. Little do I know it's actually a nomination meeting to run in 2019. <laughs> And, uh, I got to put, yeah, I got to put together my dream team, um, of my close friends, people that are either friends and family close, close in the area or living in other States and just allowing them to also touch the people around them with their, with their sphere and their network of raising funds and awareness for a cause that has become super close to me. And I'm still on the leadership team for that. And, you know, my, my why was, uh, I lost my, my grandmother to lymphoma. Um, actually, oh, thank you. Actually about two months before the campaign started, you know, so the timing was just, it was surreal really. And then, um, one of our close friends is, um, he's doing really well and it's, he's battling chronic myeloid leukemia but thanks to leukemia lymphoma society he through their research and and uh, med- medication they've been able to approve he takes uh, a pill on the daily that allows him to essentially live a full-on active lifestyle awesome well like i said i'm so sorry to hear about your your grandmother and um yeah it's just just um i can't can't say enough i thought it was really important that we that we uh end on end on that note of of um of service and um i I know what an ethic you have along those lines and just just want to applaud you and hope that that you'll inspire others who who listen to this to go and do something in their community to to benefit it and um and to benefit others and i uh, just want to thank you so much for your time today appreciate it i hope i um i hope i give i hope you got a couple minutes before logan wakes up uh uh and uh you get to get to chase him around i know that is just such a joy uh it's such a joy in your life and what a life-changing moment that was um, having him come into your life. But uh, thank you so much. Really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you for having me and such an honor to join, join the podcast. And I've, I've listened to quite a few of these over the last few months and it's, it's simply amazing, you know, how many industries we've affected with the, with our alumni. So let's keep it going. 
Yeah, absolutely. And um, I look forward to more of those caddy stories on the golf course. You got it. All right, man. Take care. Take care. Thank you, Brian.